Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgiev, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with Tyler Damron, class of 2006, residential real estate professional. Tyler will share with us how his experience as a baseball coach at WeGo and as a team leader at a global technology firm, Mechdyne, created the confidence to pivot into a successful real estate career serving the WeGo community. Links to Tyler's website are posted on the Podbean episode page or go to tylerdameron.realpeoplerealty.com. Joining us from the class of 2006 is Tyler Dameron. Tyler, could you tell us what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Um, so I do full-time residential real estate, anything from buying a house, selling a house, investing in real estate, renting, anything that comes down to a house I'm involved with. Tyler, let's uh, let's kind of rewind a little bit. What did you initially do once you left West Chicago High School? Oh my goodness, that feels like a billion years ago. Um, <laughs> but I would say my, my route was pretty unconventional. I, I went to St. Joe's college in Rensselaer, Indiana at first, um, pursuing a professional career in baseball, which uh, got, that ended pretty quick because I got hurt. Um, so then I came back home, went to COD, and then moved to Northern Illinois, where I studied psychology. And after that, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I um, went to Bowling Green Sports Center, where I worked as a kid. Uh, it's now shut down, but that's okay. Um, but I was running daytime operations and uh, managing the bar. And then after I got married, I decided that it was time to probably get a big boy job. So my first actually corporate job was in information technology. I always loved computers and um, data science and all that kind of stuff. So my first job was an entry level IT call center agent for like six months. And then I got promoted from there into my first leadership job in, in the real world. And fast forward over the next 10 years or so, I was promoted a bunch of times and ended up running a multi-million dollar department that had 50 employees working underneath me. And we supported 35 companies across 50 countries uh, around the world. So it was it was a good time. I learned a lot. Uh, and, and yeah, that's where I got started. But that ended in 2021, where I kind of just said, I'm done with this, ripped the Band-Aid off, left my job, left my income, and started over completely when I was 33 years old. And is the best decision I ever made because I'm in real estate now and I couldn't be happier. What was it about real estate that probably felt most inviting to you? Uh, I always had a passion for real estate. My my dad held his real estate license. Um, he didn't actively use it, but we were always the family that would go to open houses on the weekend or we would go you know, look at the new multi-million dollar listings in the neighborhood just for fun. Um, so I, I guess I kind of grew up around it. And then when I got married, my wife was always the person that was on Zillow and on Redfin that was looking at cool houses. So 
it was really kind of ingrained in me. And I didn't know that it would be a, a career passion for me until I was really, you know, evaluating where I was in my life and saying, what, what could really make me happy for the rest of my life? And, you know, the more we thought about it, the more we kept landing back on real estate. So it was, it was a long decision I made. I, I thought about, you know, leaving the IT world for like two years. Um, but I, I think I was just waiting to find what was going to drive me. And, and that's ultimately what real estate did. What's the first step then, like to, to go into uh, real estate? Like what was, uh, is there coursework involved with that? What's that process like? Yeah. So um, everybody needs a real estate license. Um, the process, depending on what you got going on in your personal life, it could take you a few weeks or it could take you several months like it did me. I was trying to juggle a full-time job while getting my real estate license. And I actually ended up quitting my job before I actually had my license, which was dumb. I don't recommend that for anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was getting the the license and the coursework done. And then there's continuing education because it's it's always evolving and changing as, as the years go by. But there's a lot of learning. Um, a lot of it is just kind of diving in and, and getting your feet wet and forcing yourself to to learn. What What is it that it, like is in the coursework? Because I, I imagine there's got to be a legal and ethical kind of component to it. And then there's got to be just maybe the type of evaluation of like what makes for us a, a, a good eye for a particular property. What what goes into uh, the certification process? Yep. So there's a ton of ethics training. Um, I would say almost half of it is ethics related because, you know, we're here to support the the customer and we want to make sure that we're not lying about anything. We're being ethical when we're talking to other agents. There's a lot of attorney work that we have to do as well during the transaction. So there is a heavy emphasis on on being ethical. And then there's a lot of just knowing, you know, property lines and what a lease is compared to owning it and um, all the different, you know, styles of houses, the the type of properties that people can buy, uh, investment properties versus single family homes. There's there's just a, a ton. And, you know, there's there's a lot that I don't even know now. And sometimes I'll get clients that ask me a question where I have absolutely no idea. But that's the power of support with the broker and everything. We always have somebody to reach out to. So what does the actual exam look like? Is it a, is it a multiple choice a essay or verbal? Like how exactly does the uh, assessment uh, look? What does it look like? So it, it is multiple choice. There's two exams. You have your state exam and then your national exam. Um, Illinois laws are a little bit different than the national laws. So they want to make sure you have a good understanding of everything. Um, both of the exams, I think we're about a couple hundred questions a piece, all multiple choice. Um, a lot of repeat questions just worded differently, which made the exam very difficult. Um, but it's you get a long time. So when I went and actually did the exam, I had, you can bring sheets of paper and a pencil. That's it. Um, so I was taking notes like crazy, writing down questions that were worded similarly, just to make sure that I was consistent with my answers and not getting mixed up on words. Um, there is a lot of math that goes into it as well, just on appreciation rates and interest rates and monthly payments. So it, it's a pretty comprehensive exam, um, but it's, you know, it's fun. So you, you pass the exam and what's the next step after that? Like, did, did you know who, which uh, real estate company that you would go to? Like, what, what's the process of then looking around to see which one uh, you would work with? Sure. So it's it's pretty much backwards from any other job. Um, you're interviewing the brokerages that you would consider. So I sat down with your big hitters, um, like 
you know, Remax and Coldwell Banker. I interviewed with a lot of those. And then I interviewed with Real People Realty, which is where I ended up um, hanging my license, is what they say. Um, but I was looking for things just like support and everything because, you know, I am running my own business. So there's not somebody there every day. I don't have a boss telling me what I need to get done for the day or for the week. It's, it's really up to me kind of creating my own path to success. So I was really looking for somebody that would be there to mentor me. Um, training libraries was really important to me and, and just overall support. So I uh, got a lot of different and obviously, you know, the money, real people, realty, I get 100% of my commission. Whereas some of the big ones are taking a, a 30% split or 70% split. So it was a, a lot to consider for sure. How do you then begin the process of building up your business and your inventory of potential homes and properties? How, how does, what's what that, because that's gotta be pretty daunting because you start with yeah. zero and then you have to get, you know, begin the, the process of that marketing. Um, what's the first step? So first step um, is really getting comfortable and kind of role-playing conversations because the worst thing would be for me to call somebody and say, hey, you want to list your house? And then them ask me a question. I have no idea how to answer it. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of just internal role-playing and talking. I connected with a lot of veteran agents um, to get their take on how they got started. So that was super helpful for me. Um, the biggest contributor to my initial success was social media. Uh, between Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram, I had thousands of people that I was connected with. And I really, I spent an entire week contacting two to 300 people a day, just letting them know that I was in real estate. Now, you know, I was no longer the go to IT person, I would be happy to help them with their computer issues. But I'd more than happy to help them with their home sale now. Um, so really just creating awareness and making sure that everybody knew about me. Is there a particular uh, social media that you, you find to be the most effective in kind of creating that connection? Yeah, I would say Facebook. Um, Facebook has more engagement. Uh, my my typical market, I like to cater towards the first time home buyer, um, kind of the millennial generation, if you will. Um, so there's just a ton of people that are using Facebook for for connection purposes. Um, and there's a lot of once you get into the business side of it, they have an entire business suite, the metaverse um, that has, you know, tools upon tools that you can use to promote your business. So it's it's super helpful and relatively inexpensive. You said that you you, you found that um, that there were like some mentors that were within uh, the real estate uh, industry and all that. It, it, it's it's got to be tricky because at the same time, it's very competitive. But then they were also very generous with kind of giving you uh, advice. What, how, how did how did that whole uh, dynamic play out? Yeah, so I was specifically targeted people that did not work the same locations as me. Um, for example, Chicago. I have absolutely no interest in going to Chicago. <laughs> um, I'm a suburban boy, always will be. So I knew a couple agents that only worked out of Chicago. So I asked them, you know, what what they did to get started. Um, and then, you know, the further south counties, even past Joliet, uh, I have a few friends that work in, in that area, which I'm not driving to every day. So um, everybody was super helpful. And even the real estate community is pretty tight knit. So everybody's kind of there to help each other because there's at the end of the day, there's plenty of business to go around for everybody. So how then do you establish a, would we call it a territory or a range for your business? Like obviously you probably want stuff as close to your home uh, for life conveniences, but like what then becomes the outer limits and how do you stake that as like what you're willing to go in, in terms of distance for, for these properties? 
I guess it's personal preference. Um, I'll I'll go anywhere from McHenry County all the way down to around Tinley Park. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like you said, I would prefer to stay in the West Chicago area as much as possible. Um, but you know, just getting started, you kind of have to go where the business is. One of my very first clients had um, they had a no parameters no restrictions on what they were looking for. They worked from home. They didn't have families, so they could go anywhere in the state of Illinois. Oh, wow. And we, we looked at properties that were, you know, sometimes 50, 60 miles away from each other. And we ultimately ended up in Crystal Lake, which is, isn't a place that I frequented very often. Um, but after that, that turned into a few referrals and I ended up selling a lot of homes out in McHenry County and Crystal Lake and even on the, on the border of Wisconsin. Um, so, you know, I was, I was just getting started, so I went where the where the money was. <laughs> we were on a very hot real estate market as as of last year. Do the sales seem to kind of like cluster uh, together because of a particular area? Like how how do you how do you kind of anticipate the type of patterns that uh, that occur? So traditionally, about forty to fifty percent of all home sales in the year happen in the middle of summer or the middle of spring to the middle of summer. So there's really only a three to four month block where it really booms. So that's, I mean, last year I made 70% of my income in a three and a half month period. So it is definitely, you know, peaks and valleys. So this year I'm more focused on keeping it consistent. I still hope to have that boom when it gets warm, but I want to be able to, you know, have a a little bit wider spread when it's in the cooler months. Um, But, you know, it really does depend on what's going on. And, you know, the more listings I can get where I'm throwing my sign in people's front yards and doing a lot of marketing, then people start to pick up on it, especially with social media, um, and start to recognize the name. And then I'm, you know, the person that they reach out to. It, it sounds like, you know, that you have to have, you have to be very organized with your time and how to know how to really balance your day in terms of like marketing. But then you are going to be like driving all the way up to the, the border of Wisconsin and all that. Tell me how you organize uh, your day. Uh, so technology wise, I use a lot of systems, um, you know, organizers, notepads, stuff like that, that are all online that sync to my phone and whatnot. Um, there is no standard day for real estate though. Um, earlier today I was over at WBIG, the radio station Aurora talking to them about how I can get on their network. Um, so it's really, it's real. All of it is focused on marketing. Even when I'm showing homes, um, I'm constantly looking at properties that are for sale as I drive out to them just to see if I have any buyers for them. Um, showings, sure, they can take a couple hours out of the day, but I also don't always have showings. So you know, you're right, the time management and being able to be disciplined enough to keep myself busy and occupied and still working on growing my business when I don't have a, a firm commitment to go to. Um, but most of it is is marketing. I mean, I can sit on... Facebook for hours looking through the, you know, what's happening in West Chicago group. And there's constantly people that are posting about, Hey, I'm looking to move in the summer. You know, are there any houses coming up for sale and, you know, kind of building the relationship with those strangers over the internet and hoping that one day they'll remember me as the the real estate person that landed a hand. Did you also do work with like uh, some like commercial real estate as well? Or- uh, so I would say commercial, not so much, just because it's an entirely different beast in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the residential side of it because of the connections that I can make with real people as opposed to corporations. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, I love, I love to sell, this is going to sound weird, I love to sell homes that have been in the family for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a few of those just because there's such a, 
emotional and sentimental attachment to it and being able to bring those memories and those stories out of the family and, you know, really help them move on or get to the next chapter of that home. Um, it, it's, it builds a special connection and I don't think there's any other industry where you can actually build that relationship with somebody that you just met. When you're, when you're working with your, your clients, what do you see when you look into a property and you're like, like you're helping them see things that they need to see that they otherwise may not have that first home buyer eye uh, to, to locate? Like, how do you, what are the ways in which you kind of help them see things more clearly? Sure. So the first time home buyer pretty much sees everything through rose colored glasses. They, they're excited, they're ready to buy their house. And that's where it's up to the real estate professional to make sure we're looking at material defects. Um, obviously, we'll have an inspection down the road if they find a house that they love. But sometimes they don't notice that, you know, this big old crack in the basement is is going to be a problem for you down the road. Or, you know, there's the railing on the staircase is very loose. You know, you've got kids on the way. You have to think about that. Um, I did have a first time buyer who found out that they were pregnant while we were home hunting huh. and the search completely changed. And they that's not how they were thinking. They were thinking, oh, boy, we need to get into a house right away. And I had to take it a little step back and say, OK, we need to look probably for another bedroom here, guys, because there's another little person living in your house now. So, you know, there's really just being there to, to catch the things that emotion doesn't catch when you're excited um, and really be the, the level level headed person that that makes sure that they're making a good financial decision. Because it's it's one of the most expensive things you'll buy in your entire life. You want to make sure you do it right. You had mentioned that uh, you, Facebook has been like a, they have a lot of really great marketing tools and, that help you do your job. Uh, are the what are the other different types of the showcasing of the property? What are the type of like technology tools that you've seen that have been really essential that really kind of show the house in its uh, in its full glory? Mm-hmm. So there's um, I do Matterport tours. Matterport is it's basically a three D kind of dollhouse tour. Uh, that takes a picture every couple of feet and you can you can put labels on things and draw attention to them and spotlight them and when you when you completely render it online it's basically like you're walking through the house so that you know there's a lot of people that need to relocate and they don't have the luxury of being able to go and see every single house so having a virtual tour that makes them feel like they're walking through it is a huge benefit um drone i do i do drone tours um you know getting in the Getting in a good house is important, but being in a good neighborhood is equally as important, in my opinion. So being able to showcase, look, you're in a, a beautiful community. Here's where the, the community pool is. You're not next to a jail. Um, all that kind of stuff is very important. And then just videography in itself and being able to do, you know, very aesthetically pleasing videos on the highlights of the house that you traditionally won't get in just a, a picture or a listing that you see online. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of uh, work on, on your end. Like what, what typically was the learning curve to do any of those things? Do you outsource the drone or do you actually do it yourself? I do the drone. I, no way. <laughs> I, I, I'm under the mentality and this will probably change <laughs> as I, as I get, you know, further down the road, but I, I worked for somebody for so long that I am thoroughly enjoying being able to do everything on my own. And that's, you know, 
professional photography, I do outsource, um, but I can do a pretty bang up job on creating video, creating content. Um, the drone photography is, is simple. I got my drone license very early on in the process because I knew that I, I wanted to take on that challenge myself. So um, a lot of it, a lot of it is just kind of YouTubing real estate videos and learning from others that have been very successful and adapting their ways as my own and, you know, tweaking it along the way as I come up to challenges or unexpected gifts. Tyler, now are you, you are, are you a one man shop? Like, I mean, obviously you work underneath real people, but like, uh, it, do you have an office where people work uh, un, underneath you or is it, is it just uh, you? No, well, I'm a one band, one man band for now. Um, I would say the, the ultimate goal is to kind of do my own thing and possibly even open up my own brokerage or at least a team. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm having so much fun just doing the solo thing right now. Well, what are the ways in which you stay sharp within the industry? Are there conferences or are there types of like uh, other content that that is a, a type of industry uh, type of standard that where people share their um, um, their ideas to get better at it? Sure. So there's two main organizations that we're part of. There's the National Association of Realtors, which is nationwide. Um, they do conferences, they do events, they do continual training. There's always new content that they're putting out just as an organization. And then locally, we have the Main Street Organization for Real Estate, which is more focused on Illinois real estate uh, or Midwest real estate and changes in laws and best practices and even documents and contracts, making sure that we're all staying legal and ethical and up to date on our training. Um, so there are, those organizations are huge and they're, um, they're pretty in with the times. They do a lot of digital content. There's Facebook groups and everything for them, um, but they do in-person training. They do remote training. It's very, um, you know, very easy to get information to pretty much any topic that you want. You said you, you, you're thinking about maybe uh, ideally uh, five, ten years uh, down the line. Where do you see uh, where do you see your business going with with if uh, with all wind in your sails? Uh, what's what's that going to look like? Yeah. So I I still have a passion for people management. So once this high runs out of me doing my own thing, I would love to use my experience to help newer agents. So whether that's building my own brokerage or just building a team and having a, a couple new agents work with me, I think, you know, as I gain more experience, I'll just have that much more experience to give back. And at the end of the day, that's, that's my passion is helping people, whether it's helping them find a house or helping them learn how to get into the industry. That's where I want to be. How much do you think of the career that you had before really gave you the type of skill set and or confidence to do what it is that you're doing right now? Like what was the what was the type of um, uh, it's kind of skill set that really kind of uh, kind of lend it lent itself uh, to your success right now? Yeah, I would say I attribute the majority of my success right now to my previous company. Um, it may have been challenging at the end, but at the end of the day, I learned everything that I know now because of working there. And you know, I, I didn't just run an IT call center. I was writing blogs. I was creating marketing material. I was creating video blogs. I was um, going on sales appointments across the, the world, selling to billion dollar companies. I was tracking data, running reports, doing everything really that would translate into any job that I could ever want. So throughout the process, I, I kind of I loved the marketing and the sales part of it just as much as I loved the people management side of it. So blending those two was, you know, it was a pretty easy decision to go into real estate because I could do it every day. 
you know, I as a as an English teacher, I always love trying to kind of glean off of the expertise of people who are their communication strengths. What do you think is like the most successful thing that you do as a communicator uh, in your career um, that has has uh, led to the type of uh, the great things that have happened to you so far in terms of your your skill set with communication? I think my down to earthness, for lack of a better term, um, I'm relatable. You know, I understand the struggles that people can go through. I also understand how success can can drive decisions. So I I have a knack for just connecting with people on that first meeting, which is half the battle. You know, everybody knows a bunch of real estate agents. The average person knows 12 real estate agents. So my job is to go out and say, this is why I need to be your number one, not your number eight or your number 12. And that's all just in creating a relationship from the beginning and making them feel comfortable not just working with me, but trusting me with one of the most dis- important decisions that they're going to make in their life. So just to kind of like, uh, kind of go back into the type of um, experience that you've had uh, in all the types of homes that you've seen, what was like maybe the coolest house that you've seen where you saw that someone had a vision and was able to execute that in terms of maybe original home construction? Was it like a personal library or like what was what was like your favorite house? Because they just did they made choices that were just so uniquely fitted for the property and all that. Do you remember what that that home was like? I do. So we didn't end up buying it, but it was a top contender. Um, it was a, a huge house. It was like, well, I want to say it was over 4000 square feet. And a beautifully constructed house on the outside. And then you go on the inside and it was like an African safari hmm. from from the bathroom decoration. I mean, cheetah print wallpaper to life size drafts in the house um, there. Everything was just from floor to ceiling done in this African theme. And while it may not be for everybody, the house was so cohesive. They did such an excellent job with it. They probably need to attract the right buyer for it. But it was just it was so awesome to see that, you know, they they obviously had a vision and they executed it perfectly. Do you really beat up your car? What's what's the uh, what's the mileage uh, for uh, for for you on your on your car per year? Uh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be <laughs> last year. What did I do last year? I think it was around maybe 16 or 17,000 miles. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, it's all running your own business. You get a lot of tax benefits. So I can deduct, see, I think it's 62 and a half cents per business mile. So you get a lot of it back. And as long as you're taking care of your, your car, then it's okay. I love driving. So that was another draw. I just love zoning out and listening to podcasts and stuff. And, you know, I don't mind driving an hour and a half to go show a property. You've been in the industry during a, a pretty unique time where there has been this shift of more people, as you had mentioned, are, are working from home and all of that. Um, from what you've seen so far and what other people in the industry have said, like how how, have, how has that maybe impacted the type of sales forecast and, and what you're able to uh, and, and with this change of people with their relationship to work and commuting? Yeah, so last year... Last year was certainly interesting to say the least. We had really low interest rates mixed with everybody working from home. So people could spend a lot more money because they didn't have to drive back and forth and they could look in locations that they typically wouldn't have before because there's no commute. So now that interest rates are you know at a kind of a, a level spot, a little bit higher than last year, 
Um, people still aren't driving to and from the office as much. So it really opens up the criteria. I don't, I have a couple buyers that are looking in very specific regions, but for the most part, it's like a 20, 25 mile swing that people are willing to go to, to find the perfect house for them. So it makes it, I guess it makes it more challenging, but also more, not as, not as challenging, uh, just because it opens up the, the pool, but there's so much to look at in, you know, a little bit of time and homes are still moving very quickly. So sometimes it's not even possible to see a house on one side of their, their area that they're looking and the other one in the same day. He says it typically like right after spring break through August, like what is that window where you are just your hair's on fire because you're so busy? Um, it's starting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people are starting to think about what they're going to do with real estate now. Um, beginning of April into late July, uh, beginning of August, really it's that, it's that school season transition where people will, they don't want to pull their kids out of school. They don't want to move them in the middle of a school year. So they're really waiting until yeah. school is winding down to, to get out and, you know, make the move over the summer. So it's not as challenging for the kids. Tyler, this has been so interesting. Um, and I was wondering, uh, I always ask the question at the end of the interview, which is what are some tips for success that you'd give current Wildcats? Uh, tips for success. So you're going to face a lot of challenges in your life. Um, but always put your, your family and your beliefs and yourself first. It's very easy to get pushed around by people that have a very minimal impact on your life in the grand scheme of things. And the people that will always be there are going to be yourself and your family. So make sure that you put a huge emphasis on them and take care of them first. Oh, that was great. Well, Tyler, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck this uh, uh, upcoming season for everything that you're doing. And uh, take care. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Do us a favor and spread the word about WeGo Places by sharing our interviews with other Wildcats. If you want to search past episodes or stay current, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Just search We Go Places. You can follow We Go Places on our Facebook page as well, and also Twitter at We Go Places Podcast. Mm-hmm.